1: Thank you, Bill. It is Friday, December 1st, 2023. Here's what's happening today in America. It's the white lung Pop, highest ever foreign-born. Rand Paul saves a life, the Trump counter to the debate, and the first mission to the moon in over 50 years. It's all coming up, Then Bill's going to be here with your message of the day. But first, doctors in Ohio and Massachusetts are saying there's been a spike in child pneumonia cases, 142 cases in cincinnati specifically it's being called the white lung this technically somehow meets the ohio department of health's definition of an outbreak ever since COVID, of course everyone's all jittery about everything but neither of these outbreaks are from a novel pathogen and not all of the pneumonia cases are being caused by the same infection it's just winter kids get sick but we see china with people dressed in hazmat suits spraying down the city streets with chemicals like march 2020 and we think we got to do again What China did, a doctor at Johns Hopkins said, I would caution against extrapolating one Ohio county to a country of 330 million people. The foreign-born population in America hits 49.5 million people, the largest ever in American history. This has increased by 4.5 million since Joe Biden took office. The Biden administration has added more immigrants to the nation's population than the annual number of U.S. births in under three years. So one year of birth, two and a half years of foreign-born growth. Rand Paul saved a life. His fellow senator, Joni Ernst from Ohio, started choking at a closed-door lunch. Every Senate luncheon is hosted by a different senator, and they showcase the local delicacies from that state. And this lunch was hosted by Iowa. Steak provided by the Iowa Cattlemen's Association. And the host, Joni Ernst, was choking. So Rand Paul did the Heimlich. She later wrote on Twitter, I can't help but choke on the woke policies that Dems are forcing down our throats. Thanks, Dr. Rand Paul. There's a Republican debate again next week for some reason. During the first debate, Donald Trump did an interview with Tucker Carlson. The second debate, he went to a car part factory in Michigan. The third debate, he held a rally in a Miami suburb nearby. And this fourth debate, he will be hosting a closed-door fundraiser in Florida. The remaining candidates are Chris Christie, Vivek, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis. More than 50 years since we last landed on the moon, The U.S. will again try to land on it January 25th, this time a private company at first, Astrobotic. They'll be dropping off equipment for the NASA's Artemis manned missions, which are scheduled for December 2025. I'm Mike Slater. The great Bill O'Reilly has your message of the day. Next. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's gonna get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take Away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen
0: to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Time now for the O'Reilly Update message of the day. On this Friday, the television debate between Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida and California's Governor Gavin Newsom is interesting. Put together by Sean Hannity, the discussion pits a successful state, Florida, against a troubled state, California. Some stats courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. Jobs in the Golden State have decreased by 85,000 since 2019. In Florida, jobs have increased by more than a million. Obviously a huge improvement over California. Between 2019 and 22, the Sunshine State gained more than 1 million residents. California lost almost 750,000. Taxes per resident are twice as high in California as they are in Florida. And you want to buy some gasoline? You'll pay a dollar and 20 cents more a gallon in the Golden State than you will in the Sunshine State. So economically, Florida, good. California, not so much. Governor Newsom is glib, will spin the data. DeSantis, not as verbally agile, but articulating his state success should not be that difficult. Doesn't really matter because fair-minded Americans know the truth. Progressive policies hurt regular folks, no question. I'm Bill O'Reilly. I approve the message by writing it. You can reach me, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name in town if you wish to opine. Now let's go to the mail. Sylvia Dunleavy, Forward, Texas. Um... Why is everyone blaming Biden for the failures of our government? He isn't running the show. He's incapable of sane thought. Obama and his cohorts are to blame. Now, I know that's big on the right wing websites that Obama is running a shadow government. He's not. Not to say he doesn't have input. He does, particularly with uh, Biden's staff. Biden and Obama were never buddies. Okay. And certainly Jill and Michelle are not. But Obama talks to some of Biden's people. But he's not running the government. Believe me, Obama's not that stupid. Obama would never have done the open border. Obama deported a lot of migrants. Lisa uh, Mahoney, Lexington, Kentucky. I originally agree with you on the worst president ever, James Buchanan. But now I think Biden is the worst because he's hurt more people and blood on his hands. Not even close. With all due respect, Lisa, with all due respect, the Civil War could have been averted. All right, we're talking millions of casualties here. All right, Biden is the second worst. He doesn't come close to Buchanan. Nobody does. And I'm going to write something about Buchanan, by the way. That's coming. Eva Shweswick, Princeton, New Jersey. Mr. O, why does the USA have to spend so much money on immigrants? Back in the early 80s, when I came to America, the immigrants had to rely on family, friends, churches. Because the Biden administration has set up another welfare system to anybody who can sneak in here or get in here with asylum. If Trump wouldn't have done that, it's purely an administration. That's why they're doing it. And they can do it because they use money from Homeland Security and from other agencies, money that's already been allotted, to give to the migrants. It's, it's beyond belief. In a moment, something you might not know.
1: Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Now, the O'Reilly Update brings you something you might not know. 59 years ago today, the nation's most powerful civil rights leader met with the head of the FBI. The 60-minute exchange was meant to heal a public rift that began three years earlier. Here's the story of Martin Luther King Jr. and J. Edgar Hoover. The FBI vendetta against King began in the early 1960s. Attorney General Robert Kennedy approved wiretaps over allegations Reverend King was subverting the Constitution, inciting racial violence, and promoting communism. The FBI even sent a threatening letter to King with a separate one to his wife containing records of tape recordings of the preacher having an extramarital affair. How dirty is that? Well, the note ended with the suggestion that King commits suicide to avoid further embarrassment. The activists then demanded a sit-down with the Bureau. Said J. Edgar Hoover at the time, quote, At first I felt I shouldn't see him. Then I thought he might become a martyr if I didn't. Under pressure from President Lyndon Johnson, Hoover did agree to the meeting. On December 1st, 1964, the two met in Washington. Hoover allowed Martin Luther King to speak for a few minutes, then filibustered for the rest of the hour. He ranted about Marxism, the Soviet Union, and defended the lack of minority employees at the Department of Justice. Hoover told King he understood the plight of African Americans because his chauffeur was black. The two finally agreed that the FBI played an important role in vanquishing the Ku Klux Klan from Alabama and Mississippi. And here's something else you might not know. The FBI concluded its investigation into Martin Luther King Jr. one week after he was assassinated. The agency's final report, quote, at no time did we find any evidence that Dr. King was a communist, unquote. Back after this. Thank you for listening to the O'Reilly Update. I am Bill O'Reilly, no spin, just facts, and always looking out for you.